It's Thursday, week four on the horizon. Let's get into it. This is the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL Podcast. Yes, boys, week number four already on the horizon. Let's welcome them both into the podcast. Steve, evening, mate. How are you doing? I think I'm over it now. I think I've, it's been, there's enough time has passed. Uh, can you ever really get over losing to arch rivals? No, probably not. But we move on. And who do the Eagles host this week? An angry Chiefs team buzzing. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, easy game, mate, to get back on yeah, track. Nice, exactly. We'll get to that one and all the other games shortly, but let's welcome Josh in first and foremost. Evening, fella. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. Uh, just keep on re-watching the highlights from the last game, and I, I don't know how many times I can watch poor Justin Fields get hit <laughs> until it just feels like I have some sort of mental condition. So uh, definitely glad to be talking about some new games. Yeah, that's always the best remedy, mate, to get over the previous week. Let's talk about the one that is on the horizon and he's very fast approaching. Already got Thursday night football to look forward to. Everyone is setting their alarm, aren't they, for Bengals-Jags? Come on, everyone's setting the alarm for Bengals-Jags, I am sure. But all joking aside, good chance for the Bengals to move to 3-1. and one. We'll get into that game and all the others shortly, but let's start, fellas. We talked a lot pre-season, didn't we, about the NFC West, about the tasty matchups. It hasn't disappointed so far. And we get a weekend when they're all in competition against each other. So let's start there. Seattle struggling a little bit. San Francisco struggling a little bit. Big game, therefore, for both of these teams, Steve, I would suggest, um, as they go head-to-head. Yeah, it's, a, it's it's the battle of the NFC West this weekend. Two divisional games, two massive games as well. And also, it's worked out quite nicely that you've got the two 3-0 and teams playing each other, and then you've got the, the two teams that have both lost games uh, playing each other. So, yeah, really, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the uh, to the Cardinals-Rams game. Um, finally, I think a, a lot of people would point to, to Kyler Murray and, and the Cardinals team have not really been tested yet in the grand scheme, and actually this is going to be the biggest test they'll face all season you know against uh against the rams um so it's going to be uh, really interesting to see how that offense clicks and i know josh has been quite vocal about kyler murray and him being extremely lucky and you know i don't think he's going to have the the, the, the time or the space to be lucky shall we say against this this front especially if aaron donald gets going again um uh, and and their their defense has been quietly quite effective. You know, obviously in the first week, Chandler Jones wasn't quiet by by no stretch of the imagination. Was he quiet? Um, but he, um, uh, you know, he he had a a, a bit of a, a bit of a quiet week last week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can get working against uh, Stafford, who again has has clicked so well with McVeigh, hasn't really been been pressured too much so far. Um, um, but yeah, it's uh, two really interesting matchups. Um, it, you know, Seattle. We've just spoken about how they have, uh, you know, flattered to deceive and 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 are on the you know one and two and not a great start for Seattle against a, a San Fran team that are, you know look like they've they've 
sort of weathered the storm of some early injuries in the season um, and were unlucky to lose to Green Bay and could could quite well be three and zero and have three teams in NFC West three and zero at this point. So yeah, two two really tasty matchups, both at the same time, unfortunately, which is a shame. So it'd be a a big old red zone watch, I think. <laughs> Yeah, could well be the way to go. Josh, out the out the two games, either of them sort of that you're looking forward to more than the other. But you know, talk us through both of them. Two tasty matchups, as we say. Oh, I mean, it's got to be the Arizona Rams game just because of the the free and O factor of it all, and also as as you pointed out, Steve, we finally get to see Kyler Murray go up against a defense that will cause him issues. I think you know both in terms of the line and also the coverage because I've been very vocal, as you've said, in that you can have one, but the other usually fails. That won't be the case against the Rams. And the Rams are the most fluid team in football at the moment. I think that they are they are poetry in motion. They're back at Rams Stadium. So it's going to be another, another home atmosphere. Stafford's on fire. Just... Yeah, it's it's going to be one of those where if Arizona come out of it, I'm going to have to leave all of my baggage at the door because they will have definitely have done something to upset the old uh, the old apple cart. But uh, yeah, it, it's weird. Any other week, Seattle San Francisco would be a great game. It would be you know up there with like the, the one to watch for the week. But I think it will be relegated to the old red zone whilst I. Uh, Whilst I get the Cardinals Rams as the main as the main one going on, so uh, yeah, great matchups though, great matchups. It's just uh, why both at nine oh five. That's the, that's the problem with them all being based out west, fellas. Um, in terms of the 49ers and the Seahawks, let's talk about that one in a little bit more depth. Um, Seahawks giving up a lot of um, ground on the in the ground game, lots of yardage conceded there. It's an area for the 49ers that once again they seemingly have hit the injury bug. They don't seem to be able to get a consistent runner there. Um, so if it does go through the air, we talked a little bit on Tuesday's podcast around Jimmy Garoppolo and some of the issues that have been forthcoming there. You know, We've also talked about the 49ers being susceptible at cornerback and that's obviously going to play into the hands of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So if anything, although like you say, Josh, on paper from a from a perspective of it's not the two three and O teams, it actually still has the potential to actually be a really good matchup in terms of the way these two do head up against each other. But just let's play devil's advocate for a minute here. Let's assume that Seattle takes the loss in this one. There's obviously going to be a team in the division that moves to four and O. Realistically, we probably shouldn't panic at week four of the season. But does that feel like already too far back for Seattle to get back into contention for divisional running? Well, something of which me and Steve spoke about quite a lot in our NFC West preview show was the fact that you need to be able to keep on top of the the other ones in your division. The divisional matchups are going to be the most important aspect in this because you can always bring back games against um, you know, those outside of your division. But in the double pointers, it's definitely going to mean more. If, you know, whoever loses out of Seattle or uh, San Francisco is going to feel at a massive disadvantage. You know, not so much Arizona and the Rams because obviously they are, you know, they're currently 3-0. and It will just feel like the first setback and they can get back on the horse. But Seattle and San Francisco, it will feel like a mountain. 
you know, even to go, come back against the, either the Cardinals or the Rams, uh, who go three and one. So yeah, it's going to it, it does feel like a must win in that in, in that game um, in both games really because you don't want to you never want to cede ground to your divisional rivals, especially not one of which you've got as much power as the NFC West. The the difficult thing, like you said as well, for Seattle is that they've got a tough game in San Francisco this week, and then next week they host the Rams. And if they lose both, <laughs> they you know they go to one and four and zero and two in the division, and that's not how you want to start things. Well, that's um, dead. You know, that's dead. Yeah, really. And and and, and then you've not only is it you zero and two in the division, you still haven't even played a game against the high flying Cardinals yet. Um, and it, you know, I, I, there's definitely you know we we talked about the NFC West about it not being a, a division where there's you know particularly like well at least at the start of the season there wasn't like a particular sort of high flyer who's going to dominate the whole division and there also isn't like a basement dweller who's going to go you know two and fifteen there isn't that but I think at the moment if you had to pick one of the four that's going to finish fourth in this division I think you'd, you'd probably say Seattle. Um, it's it's tight, you know. I'm not saying it's you know it's it, like I said they're not going to be two and fifteen, but I think at the moment Seattle seem to be struggling to get things going, and you wonder how they how would they come back from a one and four start? You know they get, they play the Steelers, then the Saints, and the Jags, and the Packers. And, you know some tough games in there. You know certainly not guaranteed any wins. And once you go below five hundred, you know we're fans of three teams that have experienced uh, two sorry two teams that have experienced this plentifully in in seasons gone by, it's very difficult to come back from it. Very difficult. And keeping that momentum going is what can keep you winning games. You know we spoke about momentum a lot, and and I certainly don't think this is a win per se, like, you know, definite for the, for the 49ers. I think Seattle definitely have got a chance to win the game. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how San Francisco cope with Metcalf and Lockett, because it's rare that a team has two true sort of wide receiver ones, if you were, if you will, which I think is what you would consider Seattle to have. That's one of their sort of, yeah. you know, diamonds that they have in their team. And so whilst uh, San Francisco did a, did a relatively good job you know, uh, last week in terms of considering they've lost their two starting corners, you know, they've, they've brought in um, um, undrafted guys and, and sort of late round draft picks to, to play a corner. They didn't do too badly against Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. It'd be interesting to see how Russ and his two weapons, you know, specifically, and I know that's not doing justice to the rest of the Seattle offense and their, and their passing attack, but you always think of Lockett and, and Metcalf because they're so good and they're so fast as well. Um and uh, and yeah, and I think I think that this is a game to watch for a splash play. I think this has got a, a, a Wilson to to lock it seventy six yarder in 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 it somewhere. Uh, definitely lift the top of the defense. Yeah, if anything, like I say, I, I sort of sneakily think Seattle match up really well in this game. Um, although many people will probably favour San Francisco just based on the first three weeks of play. Let's talk a little bit more in depth then about the other one, fellas. Obviously, the Cardinals have put up 30 points plus in all of their games. Cardinal Murray's thrown for a ton of yards, lucky or otherwise, um, he's, he's thrown for all that yardage. The Rams' defence, you know, still playing at a really high level. With that said, Tom Brady still threw for 430 yards against them last week. You obviously feel that it, you know Carter's going to have to have a big day, but um, you know, let's put you on the spot then, Josh. Which way is this one going to go? Are you are you siding with the Rams as your number one power ranking side, or do you see the Cardinals being able to pull this one off? 
Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember which way round this is. Is it the Cardinals do really well against the Rams or the Rams do really well against the Cardinals? I'm trying to remember which way round it is. I'm not an NFC nut. So um, I I forget way around. I think that the Cardinals have a hold. No, the Rams have a hold over the Cardinals. I'm pretty sure that's the way it is. But either way, if the Rams play like they did against Tampa, then they ain't going to get touched. You know, Kyler can throw it for as much as he wants. I don't think he's going to be able to have the time. Um, but by the same token, even if he does, I think that the coverage is going to be too good. So I think that Kyler Murray is going to be really up against it. Um, they've got a chance. They've got a chance, but there's just so much going for this Rams team at the moment. They're, they're really riding this wave, whereas I think that the Cardinals, they've been lucky escapes. Against Minnesota, that was a lucky escape. Against Jacksonville, that was kind of a lucky escape. And that's Jacksonville. So, you know, I think that the momentum's with the Rams. I think that the talent's with the Rams. I don't see too much to... I don't see too much going against the Rams here, really. I actually think that this could be a couple of scores. I think I'd be interested to see how the uh, Rams offensive line handles that Cardinals pass rush um, because so far this season, um, I don't think the Rams offensive line has really been tested apart from last week against the Bucks. Um, and so far that Cardinals pass rush is one of the best in the league. Um, so I, I, you know, it'd be interesting to see if JJ Watt or Chandler Jones can get going and, and maybe get to Stafford and rattle him. You know, he hasn't thrown any, uh, I don't think he's thrown a single inception yet. Um, and, and if they can get to him and maybe cause a, a turnover or a fumble or something, or, you know, even in this type of game, even causing a three and out, you know, a turnover, uh, a, 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 just a punt is going to, is going to be beneficial for the Cardinals. I think this is going to be a real tight one. I think, I, I think the Rams have got enough to do it. I think they are a slightly better side. Um, and I think that will, you know, it will play into their hands. Um, and, I, and like you said, the last few seasons, I think the Rams have just had the Cardinals number. Yeah, uh, it's eight in a row. I've just checked because I wanted go. to make sure there was there, there was definitely something. But yeah, the Rams have won eight eight on the trot. So yeah, I think eight it's going on to the, take eight on the special. trot. So yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 in LA as well. Um, and you know, we you mentioned, didn't you, Sean, about how that that stadium was bouncing against the Bucks? I think it's going to be the same again against the Cardinals' divisional matchup. Chance to go four and or atop the NFC West and atop the NFC as well. Um, yeah, I think it's it'll be it'll be a nail by It's going to be a cracking game, but I think the Rams edge it. Yeah, looking forward immensely to both of those. Let's flip it then, fellas, to Sunday Night Football. It's the one that the TV companies were all over before the schedule was even announced. And there was no doubt whatsoever that this game was going to find its way to Sunday Night Football. It is, of course, the return of Tom Brady to Gillette Stadium to take on the New England Patriots. I said earlier in our WhatsApp group, I think the promotional video that NBC have put out is fantastic. It's brilliant. Um, I love it. Yeah, absolutely fantastic with a bit of a bit of a Dell in the background. Um, fantastic bit of promo. It's just a real, real shame that I just don't see how this game is anything but a blowout. But with that being said, you know, Bill Belichick doesn't get blown out very many times. So maybe it'll be a little bit closer than everyone thinks. But Mac Jones, despite really impressive in preseason, let's be honest, 
he's become a bit of an afterfill, hasn't he, for these last three weeks? Not really showing a great deal of anything. Can't see anything other than a massive books win myself personally on this one. But Steve, tell me I'm wrong, mate. Tell me why this is going to be a good game or have I actually got it bang on the money? No, I think I think unfortunately it's it's difficult to see uh, anything other than a, a Bucks win, and it's a shame, really, isn't it? Because you know there's there's so much storyline to this. There's such a narrative. You know, Brady gave an, an interview um, earlier this week saying stuff like he knows the way the wind blows in that place, referring to Gillette Stadium. Um, you know, he played however many years he played in in Gillette, and um, and it's his first time going back. It's almost poetic really isn't it he goes back with a ring on his finger um that doesn't have the uh, the new england patriots badge on it as well so um it's almost poetic that it happened in gillette as well um and no surprise that this has been picked for a, for a sunday night football slate i think we've all been looking forward to it since since it was announced and since the season schedule came out uh, sort of earlier this calendar year um but, you know, Mac Jones has shown, shown flashes. He's certainly proven, I think, why um, Belichick picked him over over uh, Cam Newton. And I think, you know, he was right to, to, to put his faith in him. I think we mentioned uh, previously that, you know, at the moment, all of the rookie quarterbacks are struggling. And, mm. and, 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 and it'd be interesting to see what you guys take on this is. But I feel like this season, just to sort of cut away briefly from this game, but this season all of the rookie quarterbacks are struggling more so than I ever remember before. Like, it seems like every single one of them is struggling in a big way. And there isn't even one or two that's having like, you know, flashes of, of, of brilliance. They're all seem to be really, really struggling. So, um, you know, but th- th- this was always going to be the way for the Patriots. It's, it was never going to be like another, you know, a return to a sort of a 12 and five season. It's always going to be slowly building. And whilst their massive spend in the off season might have led you to believe otherwise, I think some of that money is is flattering to deceive. And some of the players they've signed are, are not living up to their contracts at the moment. Um you know, I think certainly uh, uh, Jonu Smith at the moment doesn't seem to be uh, doing too much for the amount of money that they've paid him. Um, and paying two tight ends in the first place was a bit of an odd decision anyway. Um, but yeah, so it'd be interesting to see. Um, I think there's only one way this goes. Um, and I wonder if, if Kronk will make it as well, if Kronk will make the trip. Because um, yeah. he left the game, didn't he, with a rib, was it a rib injury, I think. Um, so I don't know if he's questionable. I don't know if there's an injury report out yet for for Tampa Bay, but um, he could he could miss the trip as well. Yeah, I'd imagine he will. He'll obviously do everything he can to suit up. It's, it's kind of flew under the radar with obviously the success that Brady had there. But like you say, Gronk equally as much of a legend up in that building. Um, Josh, I'll let you come back on Steve's sort of points around the quarterback struggling, but also get your take on the uh, on the big Sunday night game. Yeah, so um, let, let's start with Sunday. I don't really care about the result. For me, it's about the little things. So, for example, Belichick and Brady being back in the same in the same building, just how that's going to go down the embrace. Cause there's going to be an embrace, you know, it's, it's going to be beautiful from that point of view. How are the fans going to take it? Because I feel like there, there's sort of a half and half emotion with this, you know, half of the, half of the fans were melancholy about it. You know, they knew it was going to happen. They knew it had to happen for the Patriots to move on. Half of them are, almost cheated by the fact that Brady has gone on to this newer, sexier team that he's built in his own image. He's kind of, you know, 
he's like the the 18 19 year old that sort of told his parents see you later and got got his own digs and he's you know working in silicon valley and he's making millions and not giving anything back to his parents that sort of vibe so uh you know it's gonna be really interesting from that point of view but also Bill Belichick's superpower as a coach is to know who the superstars are and shut them down. Bill Belichick knows Tom Brady better than he knows his own children. He's going to have a game plan. He's going to have a game plan. And even though the talent is going to be so much less between the two sides, I reckon he's going to pull out a few things that makes it, you know, at least close. It's going to be great just from that perspective. I think that that's something of which I'm really going to enjoy watching unfurl. And I mean, what's the what's the Patriots' mantra and Bill Bill Belichick's mantra always been? It's do your job. That's yeah. what he always says. That's what he swears by. Is just do your job. And for years and years, the Patriots were able to succeed not through playing flashy big play you know big splash wins every week but by everyone doing their job and everyone putting in great team performances now i'm not suggesting that they could potentially um you know upset this this book's team because i don't think it's going to happen but i think watch their linebackers and i think they they could certainly cause a cause some trouble for brady you know in his last few games brady's been really good at throwing a lot of yardage but in the last game certainly in in last week's game he only threw one touchdown yeah. you know if 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 the if the patriots defense can have sort of a bend not break mentality i think a lot of defenses are starting to embrace that now you know like a, if we'll, we'll we'll give you all the yardage if you want to throw it for 450 yards then you do that but when we can hold you to field goals and not put touchdowns that's what we want to do that's where you know that's where we'll win the game by holding you to three points not seven so It'll be interesting to see how Belichick approaches this, um, and like, and and completely agree with you. Like, if if there's anyone that knows Tom Brady, it's Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um, and and you know, two great coaches coming up against each other as well. Belichick against Bruce Arians. So, um, yeah, really really exciting matchup. It's just a shame it's going to be on at uh, half past one in the morning. Yeah, it's one of those which will let you stay up though. Really, even even though you have work the next day, it's one of those which you go. I'll at least see what the first half's doing. See if see if I can get my fill before three o'clock in the morning. Uh, to come on to your point about the uh, the rookie quarterbacks as well, um, I think that's just the way of which the NFL is at the moment because of the fact that we almost have a saturation of young quarterbacks currently. Um, you know, defenses have had to, you know, they've had to learn quicker to deal with the the, the new skill sets that they provide. Realistically, we're in a new era of quarterbacking. You know, a few years ago, Justin Fields would have been a trendsetter. Now he's just, uh, you know, he's a poor man's Lamar Jackson at the moment, really. And, you know, that, that might seem like a terrible thing to say, but in, if you look at things in terms of traits and, you know, if you boil it down to mechanics and processes, you know, teams have got that sort of thing figured out now, or at least enough to be able to stop someone who doesn't have it at 100 all the time. So, yeah, I think that rookie QBs have definitely got it harder because the, the, they're not in their next generation, if you like, of traits. 
And I think just quickly on that as well, one thing I would say is that it shows you as well how far away some of those teams that have had these new rookie quarterbacks coming in are. Yeah. Um, you know, some some teams are, are a good quarterback away from competing. You look at the Chargers, you know, Justin Herbert slotted in there and they are already competing at a really high level. Um, you know, but you look at like the Jags and the Jets, they've both got their quarterbacks. They went one and two this season and they don't look any better for it. They don't look any better at all. And it would not surprise me if come uh, the end of April next year, we are looking at Jacksonville and uh, either New York team picking one, two or, and three. But let's throw them all three of them in there. You know, it, it's, it just shows you how, how, how much it's interesting, how much uh, quarterbacks are put on a pedestal and how much draft capital is spent on acquiring quarterbacks. You know, we, we talked in the, in the off season about Deshaun Watson and how much it's going to cost to get him yet. There's 52 other spots on the roster, you know. If you you could spend all of your draft capital if you if you want on a quarterback, but if he's got no one to throw the ball to, if he's got no one to keep him upright, if he's got no defense to save points on the other side of the ball, he's not going to win football games. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think just to touch on the um, quarterback point from my perspective, I think I think you've kind of looped back round to it there. I just think it is the situation that they've all found themselves in as much as anything. Like say Trevor Lawrence, terrible roster that he's, that he's got there at the Jags. Same with Zach Wilson at the Jets. I think in terms of Mac Jones, I think you know the Patriots certainly in transition. I think we've talked enough about their skill player positions. Not exactly, you know, they're not they're not guys that you draft in massively in your fancy football teams, are they? They're not stellar marquee names by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Trey Lance, obviously, not really seeing much of the field to make too much judgment on on there um, and obviously Justin Fields as we know just massively massively struggled and just did not look at all ready at all um, when he got his chance of the debut but to circle back to the big game Patriots books I think you know I would agree with Josh one that you're going to want to try and get some sort of a fill of on the early hours of the morning um, and like you say, there will be little matches within the match, so to speak, uh, to keep your eyes peeled too as well. So, yeah, interesting game indeed. Let's speed it up then, fellas. Let's go around the horn a little bit. Start us off tonight, Josh. Thursday night football. Joked about it earlier, but a chance for the Bengals to move to 3-1. and one. Cincinnati, Jacksonville. Cincinnati will occupy the uh, the top spot of the AFC North all on their own after Thursday night, of which terrifies me somewhat. Um, but by the same point, you know, they've definitely got to fancy themselves at three and one as well. They'll definitely take a lot of confidence. Um, but I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. I think that Jacksonville actually played very well against Arizona for a large portion of Sunday. They'll see Cincinnati as a team that is an opportunity for them to, um, to cause an upset. Uh, I just don't see it though. Cincinnati by 10. Uh, Sean, first one for you, buddy. Titans at the New York Jets. Yeah, another one that we're potentially just getting ahead of ourselves because I think everybody's just probably marked this down as a Titans win. And let's face it, it's likely to go that direction. The Titans seem to have found a bit of a groove after a disappointing week one. They've gone back to what works well for them. And Derrick Henry running the ball down people's throats. Loved the... uh, the movie put on Darius Leonard, by the way, last week. We didn't mention that in the plays of the week, but that was uh, that was a thing of beauty from a running back in full flow. 
Jets just look like the worst team in the league, don't they? Let's be honest, they were shut out by the yeah. Broncos. Um, I think the Broncos, as I've said consistently, are probably better than people think. They're not getting the credit because of the record of the teams against them, but you can only beat what's against you, and they beat them handily. I think it's going to be a really long season in New York. And it'll be a really long three hours on Sunday night, as the Titans will absolutely run right and probably win by two or three scores comfortably, I would suggest. Steve, let's flip it to yourself. Your Philadelphia Eagles, as you mentioned earlier, hosting the Chiefs. Oh boy. <laughs> Come off Dallas week and a loss to face an angry Chiefs team that obviously lost uh, a close game to the Chargers uh, and will be looking for revenge. Andy Reid comes back to Philadelphia, you know, the, the city where he, he made his name as a coach and and uh, and, and bringing his, his Chiefs team back. I think the Chiefs will be out for blood. I think in a in a hype in a vacuum if you were just looking at this Chiefs team, I think they are they are beatable i think teams have proven that they are beatable but if you then come outside the vacuum and realize that they're playing the philadelphia eagles and what performance they put on last night uh, i don't think the eagles stand a chance i think this eagles team has been uh, there's a few injuries there but also their offense looks all over the place um uh, and losing brandon graham that leader on the defense is, is proving to be a massive massive loss if last night's performance is anything to go by uh, i think kansas city probably by probably two score at least yeah, certainly a game that Kansas City will be targeting to get things back on track. Josh, let's come to you. Carolina, another of the three and O's against Dallas, who again really impressive on Monday night as we talked about. Dallas two and one, um, tasty matchup in the early window. It is. It's a lot tastier than I thought it would have been a month ago. Put it that way. Uh, Carolina get their first real test, I think, um, considering that I think that their game against Saints was a bit of a mulligan game. Um, so we get to see if Carolina can go up against, you know, one of the better teams. I think that Dallas is definitely a, you know, around a top ten team. Um, they're just outside of it on the power rankings at the moment. I think they're rolling somewhat, especially on offense. Their defense doesn't look anywhere near as bad as what it did last year either. Uh, do you think it will be close though? It depends on um, on CMC. I think I think he's out, isn't he? Is CMC out? I think he's yeah. Out, yeah. Yeah, he's out for a couple of weeks, isn't he, at least? So let's actually I did have Dallas by five, but with that news, let's make it let's make it an even ten. Um Sean, I I just don't see as to Darnold can't do it by himself, surely. I mean, I get that Dallas's defense isn't the best, but by the same token, that's their main guy. That's their top guy gone. So, you know, let's let, let's give the guy his due. He's a very impactful part of this Carolina team. That is definitely not meant as any disrespect on the Panthers, as much as my missus would love me to disrespect them. Sean, I'm giving you another New York game, mate. Giants go up against New Orleans. Yeah, what have I done to you this week, mate? Have I drew the short straw or something? Um, uh, a little bit. Yeah, struggling to find really many positives to say for the Giants. I mean, Saquon Barkley got his first touchdown for over a season, if you want to you know, grasp at straws, I suppose. Um, but, you know, losing to the Falcons, and I think, you know, didn't we sort of joke last week that, you know, we thought that New York might be slightly better than Atlanta, and it proved that they weren't even that good. So it's, it's difficult to see... <laughs> Any sort of um, green shoots for either of the New York sides. New Orleans, 
good win against the Patriots. It was a game that I was struggling to sort of split them and the bookies were struggling to split them, but they took care of business and took care of business handily. I think what New Orleans have shown already is that defence is, again, probably very underrated. We'll win them a lot of games. We'll keep a lot of points off the scoreboard. And as long as, and we will say this all season long, if Jameis doesn't turn the ball over, the New Orleans Saints will be just fine. And I assume they will be more than fine to take care of business in this one. Steve, Detroit, Chicago. Go a basement battle of the, the uh, NFC North. Um, uh, do you know what? As we mentioned before, Detroit have played so hard in all of their games and they still got no no um, notches in the win column so far. Um, and Chicago are coming off an absolute beatdown against Cleveland. Um, so two teams that have already been out for a bit of revenge. Um, Chicago, interestingly, are the third highest team for sacks. They've got 11 sacks on the season. Um, the although they Although they allowed about 800 against Cleveland, um, they have 11 on the season. So that Chicago offensive line is, uh, sorry, defensive line is good. And, you know, um, Khalil Mack is obviously, you know, um, hitting, his, hitting his stride again. Um, and so if they can get to Goff, then I think this could be a, a, a handy Bears win. But I don't want to write off Detroit just like that. I think Detroit have played well. I think Goff's shown flashes, but they just can't, they can't finish games. They can't hold on to wins. And that's been Detroit's problem for, for as long as I've been watching football, pretty much. Um, so I think I'd go for a Bears, a Bears win, but not by much, probably by three. Yeah, this one, though, surely is going to be the blow of the week, Josh. I don't think Buffalo will be winning this by three. Might win it by 23, but they're not going to win it by three, surely. Houston, Buffalo. Oh, I tell you what, you almost had every single word perfect there in my notes. I had blowout <laughs> of the week incoming. Buffalo could even shut them out. That's pretty much all I put in there. Um like I said last week, you know, Houston, there's definitely something there. I just think the Buffalo are on a roll at the moment on defense as well. And when you've got a team like that, that is defensively strong and can also put it up through the air. I worry for the fans of Houston on Sunday. I really do. And I apologize to them in advance because the pain is coming and the pain is coming hard. I've got Buffalo by 27. That's simply because wow. I expect something like a 30 points to three. You know, I think that Houston get like a token field goal or something. And at the moment, you can't stop Allen. So, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. But, you know, can you really talk me off the ledge? That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Houston fans. I love you, really. Um, you're such a nice lot. Uh, Sean. Not you've not got the short straw here, mate, because I made sure that you had this one. The Cleveland Browns travel to Minneapolis to face the Minnesota Vikings. All yours, buddy. They do indeed, and we talked before we started recording, so it's no surprise to anybody. We are recording this Tuesday night, although it's coming in your ears on Thursday. We weren't aware of the Sky Games before we hit record button, but it's just been announced that Cleveland-Minnesota is the 6 o'clock game on Sky Sports on Sunday um, in the early window, followed by the LA Rams-Arizona game at 9.05. So there's some... Breaking news for us, but confirmation for you all listening to this later in the week. So it is a tasty matchup in the early window. Um, obviously, massive win for Cleveland last week in terms of you know a twenty-point margin of victory, and it was a dominant performance on both sides of the football. Really, they got in their own way a couple of times on offense and didn't convert fourth downs and that type of thing. Um, so the Browns seemingly clicking 
on all cylinders. But similarly, Minnesota were impressive as well, weren't they, in, in victory against Seattle? And they've played a nice couple of games. We've mentioned about how well Kirk Cousins has been throwing the ball. I thought he's touchdown throw to Adam Thede. And again, we didn't give that any attention, really. But that was a, a super throw into a tight window. Really zipped that one in there, didn't they? Um, mm-hmm. And let's face it, Minnesota have got plenty of weapons to cause teams problems. You look at that um, NFC North, if there is one of the three teams that are likely to challenge Green Bay, I said it before the season started, it probably would be Minnesota. Um, you know, They'll obviously be looking to keep pace. I think it's a really good matchup in the early window. I pick Cleveland to beat anybody because I'm such a homer, so I will pick Cleveland to take it, but I do think it's going to be an interesting one and I do think it will be a close, close game. Steve, two teams that desperately need a win on the AFC side of things, Indianapolis at Miami. Yeah, um, a, a matchup that is going to be having fans of both teams really clamouring to get their season back up and running. Um, I think Indianapolis are really in the mud at the moment. Um, and what is alarming for Indianapolis fans is that Frank Reich's red zone offence seems to get worse and worse every week. Um, Carson Wentz somehow played this week after having his his, his three, three sprained ankles. Um, somehow played. But he is averaging um, 60.4 complete percentage, which is the fifth worst in the league, only above the likes of Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, the two rookies that are playing every week, and Davis Mills and Jimmy Swinston, who is a turnover machine. So, you know, that's not the greatest company to be in. Um, It's obviously very early days, but is the Carson Wentz experiment failing? You know, there's a lot of talk about him going back to his quarterback whisperer in Frank Reich and rejuvenating his career in Indianapolis. At the moment, it doesn't look like it's working. Um, Obviously, time will tell. It's still very early but uh, Indianapolis are really really struggling and I think if they lose to Miami um, I don't know if there's a way back that they they make the playoffs from that 0-4 is an awful awful start for the for the roster that they've got as well um, but in Miami um, I don't know if uh, Tourist is I don't think he went on IR so there's a chance that uh, Tua can make this game so if he plays that'll be um uh, that that would be a beneficial, but I don't know if he's available for that. Um, so they'll be looking to uh, Jacoby Brissett again. Um, you know, who, as you said, Josh, um, put up some some decent numbers against against the Raiders, um, and so the Dolphins are probably being encouraged by that. And I think the Dolphins can certainly take that. I think they've got enough to take it. And I think that Indianapolis are in in, in an, all kinds of issues at the moment, and I don't see them getting that solved at the moment. And also, Quinton Nelson went down in that game, didn't he? Mm. And so is he going to be out? I think he might be for this game. That's a huge loss for Indianapolis. Um, so I think Miami in a close one. Yeah, and I think, to be fair, if Indianapolis do lose it and 0-4, they'll even be starting to get really concerned about wildcard prospects. They're obviously Mm. in a fairly soft division, but uh, I think they would be really starting to have major, major concerns. Josh, another team that needs a win. We talked about them the other day, not necessarily turned up so far. Chance for them to make a statement, Washington, Atlanta. Which team's the one that needs the win? (laughs) Yeah, no, this is... uh... This is a surprisingly close one to call in many respects because Washington seemed to have taken a bit of a nosedive over the last uh, couple of weeks. Like you said in our pod on Tuesday, um, in our pod on Tuesday, it was uh, a very much a case of where is the Washington defense? You know, we've not seen it come up. The Washington offense, obviously, with Taylor Heineke now at the helm it seems to be stuttering as well. So this is actually an opportunity for Atlanta to get on top of to get on top of a team that's kind of down on its luck at the moment. 
Um, but I think there is still enough there from Washington in order to do it. I think they've got the talent. There, there's a reason why we were talking about Washington in such a positive light in the preseason. Um, therefore, I think that they're going to see a battered team like the Atlanta Falcons and think, yes, this should be one that we get. And they'll end up coming through by a score. I'm going to say by three. Um, oh, sorry, I've completely forgot, Sean. I was supposed to be presenting your uh, your next game there. I was wait- waiting for you to um, to introduce yourself. Um, your beloved Pittsburgh Steelers go up against the Green Bay Packers. My beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. I do like that. <laughs> I said the other day, I've, I've, I feel like I just seemingly constantly diss the Steelers, and I've got. I'm not going to apologise for it. I'm loving doing that at the moment. Um, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, but can someone explain to me how they beat the Bills in Week One? And Mulligan. does it feel like does week, it feel week like one's it, the yeah. does it does it feel like an absolute lifetime ago that that happened? Because since then, I mean, let's face it, all of the problems that were there at the back end of last season that we said were still going to exist and probably get worse do still exist and probably have got worse. The offensive line is certainly terrible. Big Ben should have retired, if not last year, the year before. I mean, I love the play of him sort of falling over his own feet as he scrambles out to the right-hand side. I mean, I think that clip alone, when I viewed it a few days ago, it had two points of the million views. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, we joke about it, but I mean, this is a franchise that has never had a losing record with Mike Tomlin in charge. Surely, surely that is in massive, massive jeopardy. But, you know... It wouldn't be the biggest surprise for them to go and see them pulling a, a, an absolute barnstorming performance against a Packers team that themselves had a surprising week one result. Everything sort of points towards a, a huge Packers win here, doesn't it? Um, you know, but like I say, Pittsburgh have pulled out many a upset previously, but I can't see anything other than a Packers win by double digits, to be completely honest. Ooh, Let's finish. Digits. Let's finish off the Sunday slate then, Steve, and let's talk Baltimore and Denver. Um, Baltimore obviously scraping by on that last-minute record-setting field goal. And Denver, the most hated 3-0 team, it seems, in NFL history, have done nothing but beat everybody in front of them and do it convincingly. Josh still needs convincing. Is this the game that they convince him in? Well, I mean, if if you look at Baltimore's last game against Detroit, it took them a 66-yard ineligible uh, field goal to win that game against Detroit. So, um, you know, I'd I'd certainly say that that it, you know this is a game that Denver would be looking at and saying, yeah, we can we can definitely get a a, a win here. I think people are, are just hugely surprised at how well Bridgewater's clicked into that offense. I don't think people were expecting Bridgewater to settle in as well as he has. Um, you know, in in Carolina last year, he was okay. He wasn't amazing, um, but he's just clicked and everything seems to be working well. I think KJ Hamler being out for the year with a torn ACL is, is a loss, um, but you know they've got other weapons and, and Cortland Sutton's having a really good season in the comeback year. Um, he's starting to get real good chemistry with... Um, uh, with Jerry Judy as well, um, so that you know that that um, Denver offense is clicking, and I think we all knew that the Denver defense was going to be was going to be pretty good as well. Um, so I think that's that's and and they are the second team in the league for uh, yards allowed defensively. Um, they're averaging only 221 yards allowed a game. Um, and obviously, say what you will about the teams they've played so far, you can only play who's in front of you. So that's an incredible stat um, so far. Uh, Baltimore. 
need to play better than they did against um, Detroit. Um, they absolutely need to to be uh, marching down the field more and and you know and and using those the uh, running and passing offense. And I think um, I mentioned there Carson Wentz's accuracy. Lamar Jackson's only one spot above him at sixty point nine. Um, so they've got to polish that up a bit and, and and see if they can get the ball moving a bit bit more effi- um, effectively if they're going to beat this this Broncos team because I don't think this Broncos team are, are, are fakers. I think they've they've built a three and all team and I think that they're, they're doing really well and it it absolutely would not surprise me if they beat Baltimore um I think Baltimore's injuries so far has, has hampered them I think they've got they got out of that game against Detroit luckily and they are they are lucky not to be one and two um so I it's a tight one it's a real tight one wouldn't surprise me if it went to overtime that's how tight I think it's going to be I, I think it's going to be a real a real close game I think I think <sighs> I, I'm high on the Broncos, but I think Baltimore might just sneak it. Not by much, though. Yeah, certainly going to be an interesting game, though. Just a couple of other stats on Denver there. Only allowed 26 points, fewest in the league by a country mile, and they've got a plus 50-point differential. So I know they can only beat what's in front of them, but they're doing it handily. They're not just scraping by. Anyway, that's enough on that game. That's enough on the Sunday games. Let's finish off, fellas, just with a quick chat on Monday night football, because, again, it's by the look of the scheduling gods throwing up a tasty one. It's the Las Vegas Raiders, the Los Angeles Chargers. It's a great game, isn't it? You know, let's face it, the, the Raiders 3-0, and Chargers 2-1, and but riding high off the back of that victory against the Chiefs. Um, Josh, you said you were going to probably try and stay up for a bit of Sunday night football. Are you doubling up with a bit of Monday night action as well with this one? I might as well. I've got nothing better to do. Absolutely. Um, I think that both of these teams have been great entertainment value as well. Um, that's one thing I can definitely say. You know, you know, the Raiders three and zero might be flattering to deceive in some respects, but it's been entertaining football to watch. You know, the fact that they've already brought two games to overtime and those overtimes be interesting as well. It's not one of these where you just go straight down and score. No, they like to keep you in it. They like to keep you drawn in. Um, and the Chargers. The Chargers have got everything going for them, really, at the moment. They just need to put it all together when it matters on the field uh, and then not screw it up with 10 seconds to go. So, you know, this is definitely the sort of game where you've got, you know, you've got so many different talking points. You've got superstars on both uh, both teams. Uh, you've got areas where both have to improve. Um, you, you know, realistically the results should be quite close as well i think that the handicap's going to only be something like five points maximum in sway of the charges probably so you know it's going to be a great it's going to be a great matchup a close matchup and i think that they're teams that complement each other quite well as well yeah, no, absolutely. Just to give you the sort of spread as things stand at the minute, it's actually minus three and a half on the charges. So like you say, uh, not a yeah. million miles bit safe, away. It's safer than, than I've gone for, but yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, not a million miles away. Steve, you looking forward to this one? Yeah, I mean, if you look straight away at the stats so far, the Raiders lead the league in average total yards per game with 471, which is incredible that's almost 500 yards a game that's insane uh and uh average passing yards a game in 379 and they lead handily as well you know they've got a big distance between them and the teams below them so the the raiders offense is obviously clicking that passing offense is obviously clicking um but this is going to be a different test for them i think this uh this chargers defense is going to be better than what they face so far um 
And also, this is going to be a test for the Raiders' defense. I think Justin Herbert has shown um, he's not afraid to get the ball out, and Keenan Allen is going to be um, is going to be looking forward to this one. Um, and I think this is going to be a big test for this Raiders' team. We've talked about some of these three teams and having them not having been tested so far. You know, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Cardinals, and I think this is a big test for the Raiders now. Is can they overcome a Chargers team that are fresh off beating? Um, the Chiefs, one of the best teams in the league and, and a recent Super Bowl winner. Um, so, yeah, it's a, a real real tasty, real interesting matchup. Not something that you would have looked at at the start of the season and gone, oh, yeah, that's a that's a, a, a definite Monday Night Football barnstorming game that I'm going to be watching. It's crept up on us. And then in week four, yeah. we're thinking, oh, actually, yeah, this is going to be a really tasty game. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, should be a belter. We said last week about the teams that were still undefeated and who we thought were going to take that reign for the longest. There's still five left. Obviously, two play each other in terms of Arizona and the Rams, so one of those is going to go. But I think we'll learn a lot about the other three, won't we? Because there is question marks for different reasons against all of them, but Carolina against Dallas, Denver against Baltimore, and as we just mentioned there, the Raiders against the Chargers. We will find out an awful lot about all three of those sides and whether they are contenders or pretenders at the end of week four. I would say that I think there'll be I think there'll be three teams remaining at, at four and all. Uh, well, well, one of them's got to go because the the Rams, the Cardinals are playing each other. Um, I think there'll be three remaining, and I think one of them will be the Panthers. People are people are sleeping on this Panthers defense. They are sleeping on it. They are top in yards allowed in 191. They are top in sacks with 14. They are sleeping on this Cardinals defense. Uh, Cardinals, sorry, Panthers. Now, what I will say is they've just lost um, their first round draft pick. Um, I think he's out for a good sort of seven or eight weeks. Um, his name is JC Horn, um, which is a real, real um, loss for them. However, they have just traded for CJ Henderson from the Jags. Mm. So I think that's a really good pickup and taking advantage from that. The Jags franchise being run the way it is. Um, so, it, it, yes, that JC Horn loss is a big loss for them. But I think this Panthers team is 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 being slept on. And I think this is a real test for them against the Dallas offense that clicked in every which way possible against Philadelphia. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Dak showed that he can turn the ball over against Philadelphia. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if the Panthers get to him a bit more. Um, it's just whether or not the uh, uh, Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson and Cork can, can get things moving on the offence. So you're going Rams, Carolina. Who's your other one that's going to remain undefeated? I don't think... I think the Raiders lose to... to um, so you're to... saying Denver. I, 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 I think the Denver Bronx... I think the Denver... Baltimore game is such is is going to be much closer than people are thinking. I hope I don't you're think right. I, I don't I think really it's a Baltimore do. walkover, and I think yeah, I think we could be looking at Rams, Panthers, Broncos. There, locked it in, locked it in. Josh, how many are you going for that are still undefeated? Right. So I on the back of last week's conversation, I dis I got a uh, I got a message from a listener that told me that the Raiders were ten to one outside a complete rank outsiders to um finish to be the last team undefeated so i took that action i put a fiver on it um after looking at the fixtures ahead i winced a little bit not gonna lie uh i think the rams will be the one team and 
just because I want to will a little bit of money into my life, I'm going to say that the Raiders pip the Chargers. The Chargers going to charge, and uh, you know the the Raiders will win it in double overtime or something like. Well, <laughs> double, double, double zeros in overtime, <laughs> as the Raiders seem to be doing so much of at the moment. I I can't see Denver beating Baltimore. I can't. I can't see the pan. Yeah, this is going to be the first real tests for Denver and Carolina I think I think that they're both going to come up short just because they've not faced that sort of team yet uh, and then obviously Arizona and LA are playing each other yeah I'll wrap it up then I'm going to go for two to remain undefeated obviously one of Arizona and the Rams I'll probably pick the Rams to take that game based on just think they are the better side and obviously that hold that they've got in that um, matchup in the recent years and it won't surprise you, Josh. I'm going to take Denver to beat the Broncos. Uh, Denver to beat the Broncos. Denver, Denver to, to beat the Broncos. There yeah. we go. They're, I'm going to get, they're going to beating each other up. I'm going to go for Denver to beat the Ravens. So I think there'll be two left at the end Look, of it I all. hope you're both right. As an AFC North fan, I really hope you're both right. And the Ravens fall short. Fingers but crossed. Someone has to fight for the Ravens, don't they? They do indeed, mate. They do indeed. We will have all the reaction to it. We'll have all your build-up to it as we get closer to Sunday. So keep everything on to full10yards.com and all of our social channels. We'll have all your coverage. Obviously, get your college football fix as well from the boys. Some great stuff there. All your betting and fancy advice as well as we get ready for another weekend of action. Fellas, it's been a load of fun. Let's do it all again next Tuesday. We'll be back to review everything. We'll be here to break down the game balls, the power rankings, react to everything that was week four in the NFL. Until then, we will see you all soon on the Full 10 Yards NFL podcast. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to find us on all our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Head over to our website, full10yards.com, where you can find out more information about why we are hashtag for the game.